broadcasting live from the Santa Lucia Highlands through the heart of the Casterville Artichoke Fields, westward to the Elkhorn Slough, and south to the rugged Big Sur coastline. You're listening to What's the Plan? A weekly discussion with local thought leaders about the future of Monterey County. And now, here's your host, Mr. Paul Wyant. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of What's the Plan? Exciting guest for you today, Mr. Satish Rishi. He's the CEO of the Monterey Peninsula uh, Habitat for Humanity that covers Santa Cruz counties and Monterey County. Uh, it'll be great to talk to him. We have a lot of questions for him. Um, but first, let me remind you that I'm Paul Wine, owner of Express Employment Professionals of Monterey County at Express. Our staffing company can help your business find great people, or if you're looking for a job, we can help you find an incredible job. Lots of them out there right now. Call us today, 831-920-1857, or look for us on the web by Googling Express Employment Monterey County. Also, I want to remind you that this show is also a podcast, and you can get that at What's the Plan Monterey, or you can go on your iTunes or Spotify or your Google phone or whatever, and uh, just search for What's the Plan Monterey, and you get all of our episodes going back to the very first one. We recently had Jimmy Panetta. We had Steve McShane. Next week, we're going to have Wendy Rudescue, the supervisor uh, from the Marina District of Monterey County. So you're going to stick around and tune in for all those things. But today, we have Mr. Satish Rishi of the uh, Habitat for Humanity in the Monterey Peninsula area. Satish, how are you doing today, sir? I'm doing well, Paul. How are you? Thanks I'm for having me. Fantastic. And thanks for calling. Satish is a really great guy. He came on late notice. I asked him today and he came right away. So as a thank you so much, Satish. Um, I want to, you know, you let us know a little bit about your background because, uh, you know, the CEO of Habitat for Humanity is such a great, one of the the greatest humanitarian um, nonprofits I can think of, you know, when you think of giving people donating their time to build houses to help people who are homeless or nearly homeless is, is one of the greatest things you can do in your volunteer life. Um, and obviously I can see what would compel you to that job, but what led you to Habitat for Humanity? What did you do earlier in your career? <laughs> uh, how much time do you have? <laughs> <laughs> oh, high points, high points. Yeah. When you were, um, when you were cleaning pools in your teenage years, you know, yeah, we could skip that part. <laughs> yeah, well, so, so you know, way back when my previous life, I used to be an engineer. Then I came to the, I came to the U.S. to go to grad school, and uh, went to Haas Business School and uh, got into finance. And then for thirty years, I was in finance. I worked for Intel for about fifteen years, and I'm working in the U.S., Japan, and in Hong Kong. And then uh, moved to Texas. Uh, Austin joined Dell, was with them for a couple of years. And then for 15 years after that, I was uh, CFO of public companies, uh, both in Austin and also back in, in Silicon Valley. <clears throat> so oh, so a, lot, a lot of financial work with that, yeah. Yeah, so a lot of finance background, management background. Uh, during that time, I was also involved in nonprofit boards. Uh, the company I work with, Rambus, you know, we had a very strong community build uh, within, within, the, within the company. Uh, we gave a lot of time and effort to a local community, so I felt very good about that. Um, so in 2016, I decided to retire. Um, and I say that I failed miserably because I got bored. Uh, so <laughs> a friend called me and you know got a job as a as a consultant for his for, for a CFO company or a CFO for a startup, did that for a little bit. And around that time we moved from Silicon Valley, we moved to uh, the Santa Cruz area. And I started talking to some people about nonprofit because I felt like it would be a good career change to be part of the community and live in the community and give back to the same community. So I was looking for something to do and didn't find anything. Uh, then took another gig 
back in the valley. And uh, around that time, uh, <clears throat> saw an ad for Habitat for Humanity CEO. And initially I thought, well, they need somebody who actually knows how to wield a hammer, has built homes, has a, has a, construct, you know, has a contractor's license. Uh, so I like hummed and hard about it saying, this is not the right job for me. I think they would, you know, I would never make it their first cut. Uh, but, you know, my wife and my mother-in-law, they, they said, you know, you can do it. So I sent in my resume and didn't share anything for a couple of months. And uh, got a call from them and saying, hey, you know, are you still interested? And I said, yeah, let's talk. So I came and talked and I realized that they really didn't need somebody with, they did not need somebody with construction experience. They were just with somebody who would come in and build the organization. There were some issues with the company was having. Um, so I said, well, that's something I can do. So I joined them in December of 2019, just a few months before COVID hit. Um, and, you know, came in and, you know, have been here ever since. Um, so it's been it's been a wonderful learning experience, and the the gratification from this job is so different than the other jobs I've had. Uh, the people you work with is different, but you know I've, I've told people that the the best two days of this job are the first is when you tell a family you go to the house and tell them that they have actually qualified and they won the lottery to own a house, and the second one is when you finish building the house and you give them the keys. And you see the smiles on the family and the kids' faces when they see they can have their own room and this is their home for, you know, the next 10, 20, 15, 20 years. Uh, so that in a nutshell is my, my career uh, so far. That That is, uh, yeah, a lot. is Rhombus is a construction-related industry, in the construction industry, aren't they? You said Rhombus you worked for uh, no, prior to retiring? It's Rhombus, uh, R-M-B-U-S. So it's, it's a software IP company. So most of my life was related to semiconductors in one way or another. Oh, okay. I thought there's a there's a construction company or not construction company. It's like a construction tech company called Rumbus or Rom Rumbus. So they do like GPS trackers on hard hats kind of stuff. So I that the non sequitur from the middle of your uh well you you mentioned it in the middle of your uh of your experience. Well that that is great. Um I gotta you know, many people probably are wondering how do you get selected as a family or a person who who is gonna receive a house from um, from Habitat for Humanity, how do you, how does that process go about? Yeah, so you know we we build we build homes for ownership. Um, so you have many organizations that build uh, houses, but for rent. Uh, we believe that owning a home is you know it gives you part of ownership. It makes you part of the community. Uh, your kids can go to better schools, and you know our our. Theory is that, you know, we give a hand up, not a hand out. So the families that come in, they have to be able to afford a mortgage. Um, so the process we follow is whenever we start building homes, uh, we, st- we start seeking applications and all the, all the families that have to be low income, meaning that they have to be between 60 to 80 percent of the AMI, of AMI, which is defined as the area median income. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they're classified as low income families. So once we get the application, you know, we go through the whole vetting process uh, to see, you know, what kind of work they do, what what their income is, what their family size is. And then we look at three different criteria. You know, one is, of course, the affordability. And I'll come to that because every family has to have, they, they will have a mortgage, which they have to pay. So they have to have some sort of employment. Um, the second one is the, the willingness to partner. Uh, every family has to... Um, Put in 500 hours of sweat equity at the construction site. So they build, they, they partially build their own home or somebody else's home. And and the th- and the third one 
um, is um, <laughs> lost train of my thought. Um, so, every partner affordability and uh, the, the housing housing condition. You know what what your living situation is. So we go and look at. We do a home visit, and we you know sort of grade what the living condition is. Whether it's overcrowding, unsafe conditions, uh, you know, unsafe area. Uh, you know, we've had cases where you know there is mold in the bathrooms, or there is mm-hmm. water seeping in through the to the brick walls, and the landlord has done nothing at all. So we look at all of that. Or uh, more recently, there were there were families who were displaced by the by the CZU fires. You know, they lost their rentals, so they had nowhere to stay. They were either couch surfing, or they were staying with friends or family for a short period of time, or paying you know exorbitant rents to stay within the city of Santa Cruz. Uh, so those are three criteria we use uh, when we choose a family. Uh, we also have to meet the criteria of some of the city or county requirements. And what, what's happened in the past is that the land that we have received for the last three projects uh, has been a donation that was land donation that was given by the city or a county. And then they have their own requirements as to what the preferences would be, you know, somebody has to live and work in the city or they live or work in the city and they have to have certain income requirements similar to what we have. So we go through that massive process and, you know, unfortunately it's stringent that a lot of people drop out. Um, and, you know, sometimes we don't get the complete application from the people, um, the tax returns uncompleted or there are anomalies that, you know, for, People have extra income, which they disclose to us later on. So they, they're earning too much and they fall off. So then we end up with, you know, like maybe four or five families for, you know, two homes. And then we either do a lottery or we go through a process of, you know, sort of uh, prioritizing the three criteria we have. And, you know, affordability, probably all of them fall similar in a similar affordability area. But then the, the breaking point becomes what the living condition is. You know, somebody has a terrible living condition with two young kids, you know, would get priority over somebody who is living in a nice rental house, but, you know, just have, they're paying more than like 40 or 50% of their income uh, yes. going towards rent. Wow. Um, so, so just on the affordability, the, the way we work on the affordability is we make sure that the homeowner's housing cost is no more than 30% of their income. And the housing cost is defined as the property taxes, insurance, HOA, and the monthly mortgage. So the first three, you know, we have a good estimate of. So we, we we back into what is the monthly mortgage payment they can make. And then based on the interest rate that, you know, one of our uh, partner banks is willing to lend at, we know what their mortgage would be. So then that family takes on that mortgage. And, you know, so just like any other uh, buyer, um, they have, they own the house and they're paying the mortgage. They live there. It's theirs. That's um, great. That's what, great. what, what we do have as part of the, in, in the, in the deed of trust is, uh, if they ever sell their home, we have the right of first repurchase. Mm. So we, we buy the home back from them based on a predetermined formula. And then we find another low income family to go into the house. So almost all of the homes that we build. Are perpetually, uh, you know, affordable homes. That's that is fantastic. So, um, I wanted to ask you real quick: the mortgage. You know, this might be a little bit in the weeds, but it's interesting to me because I know you guys uh, do the restore at Fort Ord and other places. There are lots of restores. Is the materials so 
the price of the house is, is actually the price of the materials, I would assume, that they're, they're going to mortgage. So if you spend $60,000 on materials, then that would be the price of the mortgage because Habitat for Humanity, I would assume, would just recoup that price. Does Habitat – like so So if it were $60,000, just for example, would Habitat put up that money and then the house would get built with those materials that were purchased and then it would be refinanced and then that money would go back to Habitat? I, it may be a little too in the weeds, but that, that's how I'm imagining this working. Yeah, so I, I wish we, I wish I cost the material was sixty thousand dollars. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, but don't forget all the fees we have to pay to the county and to the various departments to get permits and everything else. I think that by itself is about sixty thousand dollars for a home these days. Wow. Um, so you know, typically, yes, we you know, so we use volunteer labor, and we also use gifts in kind, but then we also have to buy materials. So through combination of all of that, we are able to keep our costs fairly low. Uh, but it's still, you know, low is a relative number. Um, we are building our homes for between three fifty eight, you know, three fifty to four thousand um, dollars. I'm talking about three bedroom, two bath home uh, that that you know we've recently built in the last you know last two years. Uh, the appraised value for the home in the market when we appraise them, they're about nine hundred thousand uh, dollars. But the homeowners, they are able to get these homes for anywhere between. $225,000 mortgage or $310,000 mortgage. Um, Phenomenal. That, so, and the, so, so, but as far as the county government goes, um, first, let me say you're listening to What's the Plan on uh, 1460 AM and 101.1 FM. Um, and I'm talking to Mr. Satish Rishi. He's the CEO of Monterey Peninsula Habitat for Humanity. The, so the county and the, the cities, uh, Satish, are not, they won't give you any kind of deals on, on, on like permitting and stuff. And also another thing too, is I know water credits and uh, building permits are kind of scarce in some of the peninsula cities. Uh, can you talk a little bit about those obstacles, like the water credit obstacle, for example, I know that's not an issue in Santa Cruz, but it may be an issue uh, in Marina, Sand City, Seaside and all those places. Um, so yeah, water credits. And why won't the County and the cities give you a deal? I mean, you're a nonprofit, you're doing great things. <laughs> <laughs> That, that, that's a great question. And, you know, I've, I've told many of the officials that, look, we're helping you with the arena numbers. Uh, you know, you're getting a benefit from us. So why can't we get a break? Uh, but I think from their perspective, you know, we are just one of the many affordable uh, housing organizations. So if they give to one, they probably to give to everybody. And that probably would uh, reduce their um, their income quite a bit. I'm, I'm just guessing. Yeah. But you know, even for building ADUs, you know, we don't get any breaks. You know, we have to pay the full, full amounts. And yes, on, on the water side, definitely in Montreal Peninsula, water is an issue. Uh, but you know, the bigger issue is land. Uh, you know, we are a nonprofit. It's very hard for us to buy land. So most of what we have done in the past, you know, maybe like 15, 20 years ago, we have bought land and you know paid like maybe fifty to hundred thousand dollars to buy, you know, a parcel of land where we build maybe one or two homes. But that doesn't exist anymore. So we are working diligently with many of the cities and the school districts and the counties to say, if you have surplus land, you know, we would love to come and build homes, you know, for for your you know for your community. Well, that that's got to create some political issues because I know, for example, I live in Pacific Grove, um, and water credits are an issue here, and there are lots of empty lots that nobody can build on because of water credits. There's just no water credits, but they won't make an exception. Like Pacific Grove, for instance, they wouldn't make an exception for Habitat for Humanity to build low-income housing. Um, not that we know of, but you know, so that's why our goal is to go to other other areas where 
you know, place like Salinas and maybe some parts of Marina where there is, you know, water availability, uh, yeah. you know, where there's both, both land and a willingness from the government for the, for the legislature to actually cooperate with us. Yeah, they, they will not put their money where their mouth is, Satish. They, they, uh, they'll talk low-income housing all day, but they, you know, God forbid they let uh, Habitat for Humanity build, build something on an empty lot that's worth $900,000. That's I, I, we will mark make a note next time we talk to one of these politicians. Let's give them a hard time about that. Um, the uh, other thing, so let's we can shift to uh, all, uh, I, I forget what they're called, additional or auxiliary or whatever ADUs, a dwelling ADU, units. Yeah. So is it an yeah. auxiliary dwelling unit or additional dwelling unit? But either way, auxiliary dwelling units. Yes. Auxiliary dwelling unit, and I know from past conversations with when Craig Malin was the uh, city manager of Seaside, right. we spoke to him, and they have pre-approved designs that you could probably use in anywhere you want in the county. And there was a great article this week in the Monterey County Weekly about Habitat for Humanity helping, you know, particularly elderly residents. Uh, build ADUs in in their free space or their free land so that they help them out with their bills, like their property tax bills or whatever, you know, and that gives them the opportunity to either live in the ADU and rent out the main house or live in the main house and rent out the ADU. Can you talk a little bit about that initiative from Habitat and uh, how the mechanics of that work and how someone might apply? Yeah, so we, we have a program called My House, My Home, and I give credit to my predecessor, David Foster, and the board and the staff at that point in time, about 2017, 2018 timeframe, they came up with this idea. Um, you know, look at the demographics of, you know, our, our community, both here in Monterey as well as in Santa Cruz. We have many people that moved here many years ago, and, you know, through different issues that happen in their lives, they might be single, um, and, you know, they end up being... They own the house, so they're asset rich, but they're cash poor, and they're trying to subsist on Social Security and you know some small savings they have. So what we came up with the idea and partnering with the city and with the city of Santa Cruz at that point in time is that we would build ADUs, um, and then for, for for seniors, you know, sixty two or, or older who are low income, and then they would agree to rent it to a low income person. And the income that they get will be theirs to keep. So it's helping two different families at the same time. It allows the senior to stay in place and be part of the community that they're comfortable with, you know, where they've grown up and they have friends around there. And then we also create a new dwelling, you know, for low income. And the way we build these ADUs, we call it universal design, meaning that, you know, uh, the, the, the doors are wide enough to move a wheelchair in so that, if at, at some point in time, if the senior is unable to live in their two-story house or live in a house that is not ADA compatible, they can move into the AD, they can move into the ADU where they can, you know, stay in a wheelchair and you know, there are no burns, you know, I mean, no, no bathroom, you know, burns, um, riches that you have in the, in the shower, you know, so those kind of things that allows them to stay in the ADU and they can then rent out the main house. Uh, so that is a program we've had, and we've built about five ADUs, I think, in the last four or five years. We just run off capacity to build uh, the ADUs because we, we are, we're a small organization. We're building 11 homes right now in Live Oak and Santa Cruz, and almost our, all of our team is busy. So mm-hmm. we we started building an ADU in Marina 
um, which should be completed this month. Uh, and we're looking for more opportunities. And you know, we have talked to the city of Salinas, we've talked to the city of Seaside, talked to the city of Marina uh, and Marina also to say, look, you know, if you get inquiries for ADUs and if they meet certain criteria, meaning they're low income and they might be a senior, you know, you can send them over to us and, you know, we, we can see if we can help them. Um, so, you know, I'm told, I've not really seen this in reality, I'm told they're not Salinas. There are lots of large lots which could have ADUs. So we're looking, you know, we're looking for more opportunities and, you know, we're trying to get the word out. So, you know, to the extent that you can publicize this and say, you know, hey, you know, we're open for business. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, come to us, talk to us and, you know, see what we can do to help seniors or low-income families to build ADUs. Uh, you know, we've had some requests where somebody comes, I want to build an ADU. I want it to be three-bedroom, two-bath ADU. And we said, like, sorry, that's not <laughs> that's a house. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what's interesting about ADUs and possibly something for Habitat for Humanity, maybe they do, is I noticed – uh, like a lot, one thing about like in in Mexico that's been kind of brought up with uh, the rise in the Hispanic population is multi generational households is really a great concept for like to do ADUs or or houses that that maybe you can have multi uh, many generations live in. Does Habitat Humanity ever do that, or maybe even like a co op where you get separate families living in a small like uh, fourplex or maybe even a small apartment building, and then they're all they all work together to build that fourplex and then they share in the mortgages like a co-op. Uh, no, we, we, we haven't, we haven't done that. Yeah. Uh, I think, you know, we try to keep our uh, focus on homeownership. We keep focus on low income families uh -huh. um, and we try to keep our process fairly simple. I think if you have a co-op then, Question about, you know, you'll be jointly and severably liable, you know, what happens at one The legality, yeah, that could be, yeah. <laughs> could yeah. get ugly. Yeah, that's, then you might as well just buy a motel and convert it yeah. to apartments. But that's, that's interesting. Uh, can you, I, one, um, one thing I've always wondered about, because I go to the, uh, the restore, the Habitat for mm -hmm. Humanity restore up there on Fort Ord occasionally, because they have some really great deals up there. If oh, you're yeah. looking for, you know, office furniture, house furniture, uh, you know, a sink, they have sinks and they have, uh, you know, door hinges and windows and all sorts of crazy stuff. Um, how, where does that stuff come from? And, uh, like, do you use that in some of your projects and, um, and how much are you able to generate a decent, uh, return on that to help you finance some of your operations? Uh, definitely. Yeah. So we have two restores. One is in Watsonville, um, on 555 Main Street. And the other one is in the Fordard area on, uh, you know, in, in Seaside, as you mentioned, on, on Giggling Road. Um, both for, for the restores, basically, they get a lot of construction material as well as furniture from, you know, donors, uh, people like, you know, you and me when you, you know, changing homes or uh, there's an estate sale. Somebody calls us more recently. Uh, you know, we've been getting some calls from some businesses that are moving or going out of business and they say, we have all this furniture. Can you come and take it? Uh, we've had some law firms, you know, who are downsizing, and then also in, in the in the Monterey Peninsula area with some of the hospitality, um, you know, hotels and inns. When they refurbish every couple of years, they call us and say, you know, you know, come and take, you know, 20, 29 tables, you know, sixty lamps and twenty credenzas, stake them away, and we do that, and then they sell really they, they sell fairly well. Uh, we also get material that is surplus when somebody's doing construction. And they have some flooring left over. They have some tiling left over. They have, they ordered the wrong sink or the wrong bathtub. You know, then they will give that. They will donate that to us, and then somebody else will come and find you know find use for that. So it, it serves you know I say about three different purposes. You know, one is 
it takes away a lot of land that would normally be going to landfill. Uh, secondly, it generates income for us. And thirdly, it allows you know people who, who are willing to shop around uh, to be able to buy you know something that they can build and use in the house for like pennies on the dollar. Mm. Um, so that, that's how the restore works. And we have you know, a great team working at both these restores. They're all very dedicated and they enjoy what they're doing. Yeah, they do a great. I mean, we've uh, by far donated a lot more than, uh, than we've taken from there, but it, it's, it's a lot of, it's great. Cause like lawn furniture, if you have quality lawn furniture, that's outdated, but you're updating it. Uh, it's a great place, uh, to take some of that stuff. So you don't, you don't end up throwing it away or, you know, just, just doing whatever with it. So I, yeah, I, I, can completely attest to it, and it's an interesting reuse of a old movie theater. <laughs> At least yeah, the one on oh, Kingleg yeah, is funny. Definitely, no, and yeah, the army's been very generous with us to allow us to use that. The use of the theater, you know, we had to change the flooring because everything was like downward sloping, so we made to level and everything else. But it's it's a great place, a great location right next to the PX. Uh, you know, to the donations, you know, we had somebody come. You know, we some some organization came in and they. Said so we have twelve shower stalls <laughs> and <laughs> and like ten bathtubs. You know, sure, you know, bring it on. And you know, they were gone within a week. They were oh gone. yeah, I can imagine yeah. someone update wants to update their bathroom or someone even building an ADU would would yeah. absolutely need yeah. that. Yeah. yeah. So that's that's great. So initiative. We don't talk a lot about Santa Cruz County on uh, this program, but uh, obviously one hundred one point one FM and fourteen sixty AM uh, reach into Santa Cruz County. Uh, can you talk a little bit about the differences up there? Because you don't have to worry about water so much up there. Is it a little easier building up there, or is it how how would you compare it? Um, yeah, I think water is less of an issue, but you know, I think the 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 issue we have in some of the areas over here is uh, if you go up into the hills, it's all septic. Mm. That makes it very challenging to put an ADU with a septic. Uh, so typically we've said no to some of those because the expense, it just gets too too much. Um, but, you know, what we, we are looking to do more in Monterey. You know, we have board members now who are from Monterey County. We There used to be two different habitats, one in Monterey, one in Santa Cruz, and we merged in 2017, 2018. Uh, the core has always been in Santa Cruz, but we're trying to find more projects and, you know, get more donations and get more, um, you know, name, get a name out and get increase our presence in, in Monterey. So I think having this discussion with you on a Monterey podcast, I think is extremely timely and very useful. Yeah, we definitely need the help down here. As you know, the state has mandated uh, cities like Monterey, Pacific Grove, uh, Carmel, that they increase the number of, of affordable housing units and Habitat for Humanity, either through this or through the ADU program, could definitely, uh, definitely, um, you know, meet their goals or help them meet their goals. Uh, do you have a website where people can go that's specific to Monterey Peninsula or Monterey Bay uh, Habitat for Humanity? No, because we we think of we think of our GSA or you know general service area as one which combines both the counties. So we don't we don't draw a line between this is Monterey and this is Santa Cruz to to to, to us. It's all one extended family, one extended area. Ah, so what's that a web uh, address for that? Oh, it's uh, habitat Monterey Bay dot uh, dot com. So mo- habitat Monterey Bay dot com and yeah and. Uh, Satish, it's great what you do. Well, some of the greatest good in the world has been done by uh, guys who have wives who get sick of them sitting around in retirement. I think uh, I don't know if that was your case with you, but uh, but yeah, they end up uh, you know going out and doing all these great things for humanity and uh, and really helping out. Now, do you go out and swing any hammers yourself, or 
occasionally. Oh, yeah, yeah, yes, I've, I've, I've been there, you know, quite a few times, and I learn new things. Now, if, you're, if you have some of those skills and you have a free Saturday, how would those guys go? Would they just go to uh, Habitat Monterey Bay, too? Like, yeah, I'm, I'm not that qualified yet, but you know, yes, I, 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 work, I work well on the construction side under supervision. Uh, <laughs> so, if you're if you're a tradesman or someone who just wants to go out and help build, would they do they go to Habitat Monterey Bay uh, and 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 sign up there? Is that how yes, that works? Yeah, yes. There's a link to a volunteer sign up, and we do have you know we have we have people from the electrical union, the IBEW. They come and volunteer. We have. So we've been talking the carpenters union to come and come and volunteer. So we have a lot of volunteers been coming for, you know, 10, 20, 30 years. In fact, we just celebrated the 90th birthday for one of our volunteers. What? Volunteering for 26 years at, at our, at our habitat. And he's not, well, it kept him young. Apparently he he was supposed, he's, he's going to live to be 112 just from volunteering from habitat. That's, yeah. that's phenomenal. Yeah. Well, well, Satish, uh, I really appreciate your time. We've been talking to Satish Rishi. He's the CEO of Monterey Bay Habitat for Humanity. You can find out more. Just Google Habitat Monterey Bay and you'll learn about them. I'm Paul Wyan, owner of Express Employment Professionals in Monterey County at Express. We can help your business find great employees. So give us a call today, 831-920-1857, or just Google Express Monterey uh, and You'll find us there. I want to thank Mark Carbonero, greatest producer in the business, and of course David Marzetti, the host of the Saturday Morning Shagbag Radio Show, right here on 101.1 FM and 1460 AM at 9 AM on Saturdays. Tune in to us on what's the plan monterey.com and listen to the podcast. Thanks everybody. See you next week. Funny as it may seem, some people get their kicks stomping on a dream.